Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to Blue Skies and Green Pastures. I'm your host, Paula Adams, and today is May 4th. May the 4th be with you, even if you don't like Star Wars. (laughs) So, today's topic is going to be Mothers of the Bible. And this is because Sunday is Mother's Day. I hope you're going to do something nice to let your mom know you love her and appreciate her. After all, she carried you in her body for nine months and then likely endured a long, painful labor and delivery just to get the privilege of worrying about you for the rest of her life. (laughs) And if you're lucky, she may even share the details of that long, painful ordeal. (laughs) But I'm sure she will also tell you that it was all worth it. And as soon as she saw your beautiful face, she forgot all about the pain. Well, being a mom is really awesome. And I'm happy to be a mother. I have six children of my own. If you know me in real life, then you know that I have five boys and one girl. And being a mother is something I wanted to do since I was a little girl. I loved playing house. I loved playing with dolls. And besides that, I loved being playing teacher or playing school. So I ended up becoming a homeschooling mother. (laughs) So you might say that I followed my dream. And now my kids are older. My youngest just turned 17 and uh, my oldest is 30. And I, I loved being a mom all these years. So it can be exhausting. It can be scary at times, especially when I see my children struggling and it can, you know, break my heart when I when I just have to sit back and let them go through difficult times because I know that the only way they're going to learn is to experience certain things and that's that's really hard on a mom, in case you didn't know. But it's also uh, makes me extremely proud of them when I see them, you know, fighting through, learning new things, accomplishing things, uh, try, taking risks, trying things. And it just makes me so proud of them. And, and I just, I really am proud of all of, all of my kids. And yes, I'm fully aware that many children, maybe you, don't always get that. But if you had a good mom, I hope that you will be sure to let her know that you love her and maybe do something nice for her this Sunday. At the very least, give her a call and just say, I love you, and, and that will that'll make her day, you know? If you want to go beyond that, you know, mom, I'll give you some hints what moms like is not having to do all the planning when it comes to Mother's Day. So if you just want to t- 
take her out to eat or send her flowers or a card. You know, you know your mom. Like, I know my kids don't listen to my podcast, but (laughs) if you're listening, you know what I like. I like Mexican food and chocolate. (laughs) Those are two things that would always make my Mother's Day special. (laughs) But just being, you know, hearing from my kids is is really special to me as well. And I have to mention my own mother, who I'm I'm blessed to have right across the the pasture living living close by and and I do plan on spending some time with her this coming weekend. Maybe me and her will go out to lunch. So we're going to talk about three moms in the Bible, and these are just the ones that just popped into my head as I was preparing this podcast. And I know that there are many other important women in the Bible. These were just the ones that came to mind, and maybe you, you know, when you're listening to this, you might be like, why didn't she talk about her or her? There's really no reason. These are just the ones that came to my mind. So feel free to send me a message through uh, Anchor or send me an email at pkadams at industryinet.com and let me know what you think of my, my choice of biblical mothers. So let's get started. The first mom that we meet in the Bible is Eve. And Eve's name means the mother of all living. Now Eve made a huge mistake that cost her family and it cost the whole human family. Um, And that's why we got Jesus. But after getting cast out of the Garden of Eden, Eve went on to have children, and Adam and Eve lived for hundreds of years, so we can assume that she had a lot of children, and we know the names of them. They're listed in the Bible, some of them. Uh, the first kids that she had <laughs> weren't necessarily, uh, well, one of them killed the other one, so things didn't go so well. But I bet Eve loved her kids, just like all mothers. Um, Eventually, all of Adam and Eve's children, except, and and grandchildren, uh, were killed in the flood, except for Noah and his family. And why was that? It was because the whole world was evil. So you could say that the consequences of Adam and Eve's fall, you know, were so bad that the whole world fell into sin. So what can we learn from Eve? We can learn a very important lesson that we must always be on guard of Satan's deception because Our own sin can make us want to uh, rebel against God's authority, and that's what Eve did. And even if we are believers, we can still disobey God. 
and the consequences of disobedience, which is sin, can be very long-lasting and it can go from our children to their children to their children to their children, creating basically a family curse that is very difficult to break. So as mothers, let's strive to um, use discernment and stay in the will of God and um, not let the devil trick us because we love our kids and we don't want to pass that on to them and, and our grandchildren. Our second important mother in the Bible um, came after the flood, and her name was Sarah. She was the wife of Abraham, who was chosen by God to be the father of a great nation. God told Abraham that he and his wife would have a son. And, but then... Many years passed, and they they were starting to wonder, you know, hey, we're we're getting really old. When when are we gonna get this baby? And so Sarah got impatient and came up with her own plan, and this led to suggesting that Abraham have a son through Sarah's slave girl which is what happened. And because of this, this caused um, a lot of strife in their marriage. And the slave girl ended up being cast out. And the consequences of Sarah's decision were grave and long-lasting. They Not only did they affect her marriage, but they, she basically created an entire nation of people that had to deal with the fact that they were the Ill- illegitimate children of Abraham. They were not, you know, they were not part of the plan. And, you know, I mean, yes, you could say, well, God knew all along this was going to happen and everything, but that, that was not the plan that Sarah knew. And so she created her own plan. So God did call Sarah blessed and he did give her a miraculous pregnancy and she ended up having um, a baby and he had children and all these people and they ended up being the nation of Israel. So God honored his promise to Abraham, but there were also consequences of Sarah's and Abraham's choice to go outside of God's will. So the lesson here is don't be like Sarah, don't get impatient and try to help God out. If if God is not... Um, God's not doing what you want him to do in your life. Be careful. Uh, sometimes there's there's a good reason. Well, there's always a good reason for what God does and doesn't do. 
So trusting God and depending on him fully to carry out his promises is your best bet. So our next and last uh, mother we're going to talk about is Mary, the mother of Jesus. Wow, how would you like that title? <laughs> Mary, the mother of Jesus. Uh, her son became the savior of the world. Her son was literally the son of God. And I don't really think any of us can imagine what that might have been like because it's just too it's just outside our realm of possibilities but Mary trusted God she trusted the angel's news when he came and told her that she was going to have this baby by the power of the Holy Spirit and that he would save his people and so because she trusted God she must have been a great mom. I mean, we don't know a lot of details. We know that um, Joseph also trusted God. He was her earthly um, husband. And God told him, don't abandon Mary. You know, she's going to have a baby. And, you know, she basically just stay with her anyway. And, you know, even though the world is going to think that she got pregnant before marriage, you know, he could have left her, but he didn't. So, you know, we have to give Joseph the credit for that. We don't really know much about him. The Bible, you know, I'd like to meet him someday um, because the Bible doesn't give us a lot of information about him. But we do know that when the census was called, Joseph and Mary had to go um, to Bethlehem to be counted, and they that is where Mary gave birth to baby Jesus in the barn, basically. And then we know that later um, they were traveling, and Jesus went to the temple. And was hanging out there, and they're like, "Where, where's, where's Jesus?" <laughs> so it must have been quite an interesting uh, life to have Jesus as your son. So Mary is a good example of a mother who puts her faith in God and His goodness, His trustworthiness, His faithfulness. And even when she doesn't understand his plans, she obeys him. So Mary is really probably our best example of how we should act as mothers and um, strive to be as mothers. Which, you know, I don't, I'm not Catholic, so I don't hold Mary up as some kind of a holy woman or anything like that. I don't believe that the Bible teaches that. But I do believe that, you know, she was chosen for a very special job and God empowered her 
to carry out her role and he will empower you and me and our daughters, not my daughter, she can't have children, but, um, you know, God will help mothers in their role if we will let him and we can trust him and it's, it can be so hard sometimes because the world is going to tell us, you know, to do this, to do that. And they're going to offer all kinds of advice and even, you know, criticism and um, try to sell us things and try to um, get us to abandon our children. And, you know, I'm not saying that working, working mothers are abandoning their children, but uh, working mothers can abandon their children emotionally or spiritually if, you know, they become too distracted by the world, which I think is, you know, back to Eve, you know, she was deceived. And I think that the we can be deceived by the world and put uh, money over our children if we're, if we're not careful. You know, we all have our weaknesses. And, you know, some, some stay-at-home moms abandon their children emotionally. You know, just because you're at home doesn't mean you're necessarily all there for your kids. <laughs> so we have, to, we have to be careful of the uh, distractions of the world and money and, and material things and really focus on our spiritual and, and uh, relational connection with our kids and make sure, most of all, that they know Jesus. So teaching, teaching our children the truth of God's word is so important, especially at this critical point in history where the Bible is being attacked, just literally attacked. And yesterday it, it, it dawned on me the reason that the Bible is being attacked. And that is because the word of God is your literal weapon against Satan who is constantly attacking you and really the only way you can fight Satan is by quoting scripture to him that is what Jesus did when he when he was sent to be tempted in the wilderness and Satan tempted him with power money and and um prestige I think that was the third one but he he when he tempted Jesus which was part of you know it had to happen because that's how it works um Jesus did not fail what he did was he used the word of God as a weapon against Satan and when he did that Satan left him and we can do the same thing we can quote the word of God and not just our, you know, our own strength. We're quoting God's strength. We're depending on God to fight the battle. So teach your children what the Bible says. Help them learn to memorize it. And teach them that it's true. And what it says means what it says. And you will be giving them a weapon that they can pass down to their kids.
And my mom and dad did that for me. They passed down their faith to me. And I'm trying to do that with my kids. And it's hard in this world, you know. Once your kids leave your house, they're going to be facing um, a, a whole, like, army of, of the devil's the devil's helpers that are trying to tell them that um, whatever your parents taught you is wrong. <laughs> and the Bible is wrong and churches are wrong. And instead, you should believe the world's doctrines, the, which are doctrines of demons. And we're seeing that in the news this week as people once again are fighting over the the right to to kill unborn babies they're fighting over you know they're angry that they don't have this right it doesn't make sense to me and i'm not going to go there but since we are talking about mothers <laughs> i just thought i thought that it was kind of interesting that this abortion um Debate has come back into the news on the same week of Mother's Day. I mean, how ironic is that? Anyway, I'm going to go ahead and stop here. So I hope that you will thank your mother for giving you life. And even if she made a lot of mistakes raising you, I, I hope that you'll give her the benefit of the doubt that she did the best she could with what she knew at the time because, you know, she had a childhood too. And if you had a bad childhood, you can start to break that curse in your family with the power of God's word. Learn the powerful scriptures of the Bible that you can rebuke the devil and make him flee from your life, and you can stand on the strength of the Word of God. The Word of God is power. God is real. So have a great day, and God bless you.